What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I am your host, Mike Milner. Today's episode, we talked all about how to make progress without tracking macros. Is that the gold standard? I think it might be. I don't know. Maybe it's not because it shouldn't be that big of a deal. Either you want to track or you don't want to track or you want to do a combination of both. But this was something that came up a lot recently and I had to do a whole episode on it. So if you want to learn how to make progress without tracking macros, then you are in the right place. If you enjoy the episode, please do me a favor and leave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Post this to your stories. First, you just take a screenshot of the episode and then you share it to your stories on Instagram. And then you tag me at coach underscore Mike underscore Miller. So I know who's really paying attention. And I'm going to have an update for you soon. I wasn't going to do a Black Friday sale. There's actually, if you listen to this episode, there is a Black Friday sale in here that you can take advantage of. But for Pop, I wasn't going to do a Black Friday sale, but I might have changed my mind. So you're going to have to tune in to the next episode to see what that might be. A little cliffhanger. Hopefully you stay with me. Um, with that being said, everyone, enjoy the episode. All right. Welcome everybody who is tuning in on the podcast. We're live in the Facebook group as we always are every single Monday night, five o'clock Eastern without fail. I shouldn't say without fail because I'm sure I've missed one or two over the years, but pretty consistent in that every week we go live five o'clock Eastern. And of course that becomes a mind over macros episode this week or today, I should say, we're talking about how to get lean without tracking macros. For me, it's not even an issue. Tracking macros, I don't even think twice about it. I actually haven't been tracking much lately, but when I do track, uh, it, it's not a stress for me anymore. It used to be. It used to be extremely obsessive. It used to be a stress in my life. It used to be controlling and consuming and just really kind of like this, this burden on my social life and and my well-being. That's no longer the case. It's rarely ever the tool itself that's the problem. It's usually our mindset, uh, the headspace that we're in, our perspective, that's the issue. So before I get into the, the tactical ways of getting lean without tracking macros, um, I wanted to, to mention something that uh, I heard this quote and I read this quote, I should say, earlier today, and it's been sticking with me ever since I read it. And the quote was, if you can't handle uncertainty, then you can't handle growth. And that just like hit. It's, you know, like those moments where you, you, you've been thinking something for a while and then like the, the perfect summation comes across the perfect way of summing it all up. It just slaps you in the face. You're like that. That's it. And I read this quote and I was like, oh my God, I've been looking for the way, the, the right way to like condense this thought into one little snippet. If you can't handle uncertainty, you can't handle growth. Like there's no better way of summing up the, the fear, getting on the other side of fear, the people who are on the fence about making a decision. And it's like, I don't know what to do. Should I do this thing that I know is going to be really helpful, but I don't know if I'm going to be successful. There's so much uncertainty. Yes, of course, everything is uncertain. The 
feeling of certainty is kind of a lie because everything is uncertain. However, if you can't look at a situation, recognize the uncertainty that's inherently baked into the situation and still make the decision to move forward, then you can't handle growth. That is the bottom line. It's like the best quote ever, because if you want to get somewhere, if you have goals, if you want to accomplish something, you have to make a decision that is uncertain. There's no way around it. Nothing is guaranteed. Nothing is guaranteed. You're not owed anything. There is no certainty. So if you're going to sit there and say, well, I don't know if I should make this decision. I don't know if I should join coaching. I don't know if I should do this, that, the other. You're not ready to change. That's, it's that simple. If you have goals, if you want to accomplish something, anything, I don't care if it's a weight loss goal. I don't care if it's a financial goal, whatever it is, a relationship goal. There is uncertainty inherently baked into that process. You have to be comfortable with that. You have to recognize that as an inevitability and lean into it. You know what? I have no idea the outcome, but I'm pretty sure that this is in my best interest. So I'm going to make that decision anyway. Otherwise, what's your alternative? I think like that's the best way of considering when you have, when you're doing something and it's not working and you don't make a change, that's certain. That's certain that you do not get to where you want to be. So if the alternative is certain and it's not going to get you to where you want to be, you have to be comfortable with that uncertainty ultimately being the best path forward. So if you can't handle uncertainty, can't handle growth, so beautifully stated. Um, so shout out to at uh, Steven on Instagram. I actually know what his last name is, but uh, he has a book called The Diary of a CEO, which is a good book. He has a really good podcast, and he was the one that wrote that quote. And man, when I read that, I was like, this has to be shared everywhere. Everybody who is struggling needs to read this because so many of us stay paralyzed by this, this feeling of uncertainty because we're like, well, if it's not certain, then I shouldn't do it. Like It's bullshit. It's a, it's a lie that you're telling yourself, and ultimately, it keeps you stuck. So get comfortable with that. Get comfortable. Accept it. It's never going to be certain. You just have to, you have to take the leap. You have to know like, all right, I've got all of the information that I can possibly have right now to make the best decision. I know the alternative is not going to get me to where I want to be. So I have to do this other thing. I have to think differently. I have to take a different path. Even if it's scary and uncertain, there's no way around it. I just have to do it. All right. Now that we've got that out of the way, we can talk about tracking or we can talk about getting lean without tracking macros. Now, I do want to preface this by saying that I believe wholeheartedly that every person would benefit from 30 days of tracking macros just to get comfortable and familiar with the process. I think that it is an amazing short-term intervention of awareness, of learning, of understanding what's in your foods, the foods that you're eating. The, the composition of your meals, any sort of like, you know, quality issues, quantity issues, how certain macro ratios make you feel. So for me, my recommendation would be that every single person take 30 days out of their life, out of hopefully a very long life, just 30 days and get used to tracking. Learn the skill of tracking without attaching a expected outcome to the end of that. Like literally just do it to try and get better 
at tracking. So I guess the expected outcome is that through reps, you'll get better at actually tracking. Like by doing something over and over again, it will become more familiar and comfortable. That's it. Just 30 days. Get used to it. You'll learn a lot. You'll learn how to read food labels. You'll learn like what's in your the meals that you're putting together. Are they carb heavy? Are they fat heavy? Are they protein heavy? Um, are you eating very low protein? Are you not eating enough vegetables? Are you eating very low calories? Are you eating a lot of processed foods? Like you'll start to create some awareness around certain habits. So I'm going into this discussion with that preface, with that caveat that I believe everybody would benefit from 30 days of tracking macros from an awareness perspective. Now, we have a lot of clients that we work with that don't want to track and they don't, and that's okay. They still make a lot of progress without tracking. And this was the conversation I had earlier today. I was talking to somebody who uh, actually she just joined, by the way, she's a new client. So welcome officially. Um, you know who you are because you told me you listen to the podcast religiously. So hopefully you're up to date and you will hear your shout out. I don't want to say names, but I'm, I'm glad that you were able to make that decision for yourself. And she was like, we were talking about not tracking. She's like, I don't know how your clients are successful um, because she was under the assumption that everybody is required to track macros. And I was like, that could not be further from the truth. We have a lot of clients that do prefer macros, but we also have a lot of clients that don't track macros. And we have a lot of clients that fall in between. Sometimes we forget that there's an in-between. Macros doesn't have to be seven days or zero days. There's a lot of in-between. You can track six days a week. You can track five days a week. You can track four, three, two, one. There's a lot of options. It also doesn't mean that on a day-to-day basis that you have to track every single meal. There are ways to kind of have this hybrid approach where we're combining tracking and non-tracking. We have a lot of clients that prefer that approach. Um, I don't know what the exact ratios are. It's probably a third, a third, a third, maybe a slightly heavier towards the tracking and the hybrid tracking. But for the most part, we have plenty of clients that don't track anything. We have plenty of clients that do some version of tracking. And then we have other clients that love to track and they just want to track all the time. And that's totally fine. It's always about what works best for the individual. Um, So anyway, she was like, I can't believe that you can actually get results without tracking. Anyway, um, we went over some things that she was like pretty mind blown. And I was like, no worries. We don't have to go into too much detail because I'm going to be covering this on the podcast. So um, the first thing is, you have the awareness because you actually understand what's in your food. Like I think going in blind is a mistake. It can be done. And I can, we can talk about that. Like if you're brand new, if you've never tracked before and you have no intention of doing what I said, which is spending like 30 days of your life tracking, if you have zero intent to do that, you're like, not going to happen, Mike, sorry, go F yourself. Cool. What I would do is I would start with your habits. I would start with adding before you subtract. I would add more movement to your day. That would be the first thing. Just start walking more. Start being more active in general. Um, The second thing I would do is probably adding more water or maybe adding more veggies, depending on what, like, here's, you know, like taking inventory of what's going on currently. That gives us insight into like what habits we should focus on or anchors. Uh, Like what are the main habits and anchors that you want to establish as the foundation for what you're doing? Add before you subtract. I think that that's helpful. Um, The analogy that is 
that helps paint this picture as to why it's so effective. Um, if you're trying to remove soap from a bottle, you could open up the bottle of soap and you can try and dump it all out, which would be like subtracting first, or you can fill up the bottle with water and add. And what's going to be more effective? Typically, it's adding the water, but eventually the soap just naturally comes out of the bottle. And then all of a sudden you're left with just a bottle with water, and then you can dump out the water and then you have nothing in the bottle. But it, it's much more effective to add first. So like adding more movement and then maybe adding more water, maybe adding more veggies to your day, maybe adding some, you know, strength training, maybe adding some, uh, a wind down routine, a morning routine, uh, adding some self-care, adding some uh, recovery things like, you know, mobility work or, or yoga or meditation or journaling, like what, whatever it is, we're adding stuff first. And then maybe we can start subtracting depending on your situation. So I would focus on the habits first and that will build the foundation for everything moving forward. If you don't want any awareness around what you're doing, uh, because again, if, if we don't have that awareness first, like we're just guessing, um, but we can make some safe assumptions. We can assume that you'd probably benefit from adding more veggies. We can assume that you'd probably benefit from adding more protein. So getting those things in place. Then if you need to subtract, if you're coming in blind, um, you might have to subtract a little alcohol. Or if you're like drinking a, a shit ton of calories through you know, your Starbucks drink and you know, you're drinking full calorie soda and you're drinking alcohol, like if you're drinking a lot of calories, that's a good place to subtract first. Like after you've added, right, we've added more water, we've added more movement, we've added some habits, then it's okay to look at things that we might need to subtract. You know, you're drinking three sodas a day. Can we subtract two sodas per day and then subtract that last one or switch to diet? Um, if you're drinking a high calorie Starbucks drink, can we cut back on that? If you're drinking an excessive amount of alcohol, can we cut back on that? If you're going out to eat all the time, can we cut back on it? It's okay. I think that sometimes it's like so taboo to talk about removing things from your life that aren't serving you. Um, do you really need to dine out like five nights a week? Probably not. Or like Uber Eats or whatever it is. Is there, can we add, here's another way of, of flipping it. Can we add more home cooked meals? Can we add more quality foods? Like if you're looking at from a quality perspective, you're eating a lot of processed foods. Can we add more whole quality foods? And that would be an easy way of essentially subtracting the stuff that's not serving you. Um, so getting that foundation in place, then it's really pretty simple. When you just look at not tracking, there's a few different things to look at. But first is how many meals are you eating per day? like actual meals, because I like to snack. I actually was joking with Mel and I told her um, that I have a snack addiction because I, I do like, even though I typically have my like large, I have a big breakfast, I have a big dinner, everything else in between is basically a snack. Even if it is kind of a meal, I still kind of make it a snack. Um, that's just how I've been operating lately. And there's nothing wrong with that, but I do like to start with the foundation of how many meals are you eating per day? If you're not going to track, it does help to know like how many meals are we eating? Like, what does that look like? 
Is it breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Is your schedule a little bit crazy where you're just having two meals per day? Or are you somebody that's hungry pretty frequently and you need like five or six smaller meals per day? It helps to kind of get an idea of what that might look like for you. Um, Typically, the easiest way to start just based off of our daily lives is let's start with three main meals per day. doesn't have to be that way, but it's a good starting point. From there, we can fill in the gaps with snacks, like how many times per day? Like if it's me, um, two big meals per day, and then basically like three to four snacks per day, but they're like actual, you know, so I'm not even counting my like post-workout shake. Um, I guess that could be kind of considered a meal. So I've got like my big breakfast, I've got my big dinner, I've got my post-workout shake with my cereal, and then probably like three to four snacks so to speak, where it's like not just one snack, but it's almost like a meal of snacks, if that makes sense. Um, So like that's just, it it just works for me. Uh, For other people, it might look like three big meals and then just two small snacks per day. Or for other people, it might look like four meals per day and maybe one snack. Like we want to find, we want to fill in the hole with based off of like hunger. If you notice, yeah, I eat three meals per day, but I'm always really hungry at night or I'm always really hungry at 2 p.m. or I'm always really like this time hits and I'm just starving. Like we want to pay attention to that so we can schedule accordingly. This is part of the process. Like this is when I talk about having a process that fits your lifestyle, these are the things that you should be considering. These are the things that you should be looking at, not trying to fit some mold, but actually looking at your own situation, taking the information and being like, "Hmm, how can I apply this to my own life? Rather than being like, what's the optimal number of meals? Rather than thinking about it like that, think about it from the perspective of what makes the most sense for me based off of my schedule, my hunger cues, what I know about myself, maybe consider when you're working out. All of that stuff makes a difference. So kind of like use the information and then run it through your own filter. And that will help you make some some quality decisions. So once you understand like the, the meal amount, okay, I'm going to eat three meals and I'm going to have two snacks. Well, now we actually want to look at how we're putting those meals together because we're not tracking anything. So we need to have some kind of a way of putting those together. Now, a lot of times if, if you uh, spent any time researching nutrition or spending time in other like education platforms, you've probably heard of the like hand way of measuring. I'm not the biggest fan. It can work, but it's essentially like tracking. And I don't know, for me, it's like, you know, by the way, so the way that it goes is like, if you have a palm size portion of protein, so you would have a protein size that that fits your palm, you would have a thumb size portion of fats, you would have a fist size portion of carbs, and you would have like two hands cupped full of veggies. Like that would be the way to uh, measure. For me, it's much easier just to do the plate measurement because you're just serving yourself on, you're not worrying about the size or whatever, you're just putting it on your plate um, and essentially doing half of your plate full of veggies, a quarter of your plate full of protein, and a quarter of your plate full of carbs and fats. Like that's pretty simple to me. Um, and that also allows for flexibility because that quarter of your plate with carbs and fats, that can literally be anything. If you can fit, you know, if it's like rice, 
put the rice on there. But if it's also a cookie, put the cookie on there. It's an easy way to just compose your plate um, in a manner that's going to help you with your, you know, your macro ratios. Essentially, it's a way of getting what your body needs without actually weighing and measuring it, but it's doing it in a way where we're prioritizing the things that that matter, right? Like we want to make sure we're getting enough veggies. So half your plate, very simple. We want to make sure we're getting enough protein. So a quarter of your plate. Now, if you're a larger individual and you, and you know, you have um, higher protein requirements, which again, getting back to spending the time actually tracking for 30 days of your life. So, you know, these things, if you know, you have higher protein requirements, then you can um, increase that either increase the amount of meals or increase like protein based snacks, or you can, you know, divide the plate a little bit differently. So you're, you're leaning more towards the protein amount and you can take away a little bit from either like the half a plate of veggies or a little bit from the carbs uh, quarter of your plate. That's a very simple way of doing things like three meals. You've got the plate strategy. Um, We actually have a whole guide that's called building your pop plate, which I think is the most underlooked resource that we have. It's so simple. It literally gives you these details of here's some great protein sources, carb sources, fats, veggies, all that stuff. And it's like, and here's how to put them on your plate and just make a quality plate. Like it's so simple, but yet I think sometimes we feel like things need to be more complicated. So not a lot of people um, actually use it. We give it to all of our clients just as a resource to be like, Hey, if you're ever in doubt, like just refer to this. And uh, if if you're in our Facebook group, just, you should be able to download it right from there. Um, But if you need it, you can just tag me in a post and say, Hey, what was that pop plate thing you were talking about? (laughs) And we'll get you hooked up. But I think it's posted in the group under the files section where you can just download it. Um, and if you're on listening on the podcast, you can just message me directly uh, anywhere and just let me know and I'll hook you up. But um, it's super simple, like just putting your plate together in a way with, with quality foods. Now, a lot of times people are like, well, if I'm not tracking, then how do I incorporate like balance and flexibility? Because I don't want every single plate that I put together to be perfect. Well, I talked about the first thing, which is you have that quarter of your plate, which is open for interpretation. So you've got the veggies got the protein. And then that last quarter, if you want to throw in some, some fun foods that you enjoy, throw them on there. The other thing is not every day is going to be a, a perfect you know, outline of three meals, two snacks, and all the meals are going to be perfectly put together. All the snacks are going to be protein-based. Like, and, and by the way, with, when you're filling in the gaps with snacks, you should be looking mostly at protein, fruit, um, and, and just like overall quality snacks, but again, you can fill in, it doesn't have to be perfect. You can fill in the gaps wherever you need to, when it comes to not feeling restricted because nothing should be off limits, but let's say you want to go out to eat. Okay. Well, is it possible that you can look at your day and think like, okay, well, this restaurant meal is essentially going to be like the equivalent of two of my normal meals or one of my normal meals and one of my snacks or two of my snacks right now, you can just kind of estimate like, yeah, this one meal is probably going to take up like two meals or a meal and a snack. And you can just come up with the law of averages. Like on average over time, this one meal is not going to make or break me. So I'm going to, I'm going to work it in. Like I'm not, obviously we're not tracking here. I'm just going to enjoy it. I'm going to try and make some quality choices. I'm not going to overdo it because you shouldn't feel deprived. You shouldn't feel restricted. 
So if you're eating out and you can make some quality choices, great. If you're just going because you just you don't want to think about it, you want to eat whatever the fuck you want to eat, that's totally cool too. Just think about the long, the big picture. It's if you can estimate, yeah, this is probably going to take up a couple meals, totally fine. Or you can just be like, you know what, this is not my norm. This is not what I do every single day. I'm just going to enjoy it and I'm going to move on. Any of our clients who are are working with us right now, as we approach Thanksgiving, and they're, if they're not tracking, we're not compensating. We're just telling them to enjoy it, like because the norm is to eat well, to feel good, to move, to like we've got the the foundation established, and and this is the benefit, right? When you when you have a coach, like we're able to coach them through this process so they don't have to feel like they're on an island or that they're trying to do this all on their own. Like we actually get to coach them through the process. So it's a much more efficient way of doing things. But um, essentially they just know it's it's just time to enjoy, excuse me, the holiday. Like there's there's no, there's nothing different about it. It's just enjoy the holiday. Their norm is already established. We're still building the foundation always. But the fact that we've been able to establish quality habits, establish certain things that we do with each individual, the one day doesn't make a difference. And they know that even if they fall into an old way of thinking, right? Some old thought patterns start to creep in and they start to psych themselves out and they they start to freak out like, oh my God, am I going to ruin all my progress? Well, yeah, it's easy to text your coach and have a conversation or whatever it may be, like have that immediate feedback of a coach to be like, You've been putting in the work, you know where you're at, you know how far you've come, like just enjoy it. Let's focus on what truly matters. Like, do you really think that one day out of the year is really going to make that much of a difference and able to just reframe, get them back into the right mindset and continue moving forward? So it won't be a big deal for our clients. For a lot of people, it will be. A lot of people will put a lot of emphasis into Thanksgiving and feeling guilty and feeling like they have to overcompensate and they have to work out more. Like there's going to be so many of these fucking, you know, crazy workouts that pop up and all these things about how to burn off extra calories and all all this nonsense. It just facilitates the dieters mindset. It's basically an extension of, of diet marketing to say that you have to earn your calories or you have to eat less if you're, you know, you have to work out more if you're going to be eating more and all of this nonsense. Like it's, it's, you're about to be inundated if you haven't already been. So the fortunate thing is if you're in this group, if you listen to this podcast, hopefully that doesn't, that doesn't impact you like it may some other people, but um, it's, it's going to be out there. It's just another day. There's no reason that you have to overcompensate. Um, but honestly, the, the way that results happen without tracking the, the nutrition of course plays a role, but if you just zoom out and you look at, the daily actions and habits like that at the end of the day, it's the boring stuff. It's the stuff that I talk about all the time that I feel like nobody really wants to embrace. Maybe that's just my perspective, uh, but I feel like a lot of people want it to be more complicated than the basics. Like they want the advanced stuff. They want like, how do I, you know, it can't just be movement and drinking water and eating quality foods and eating enough and you know, getting in enough sleep and recovery. By the way, that's another part of it is like not just the habits, but but the routines in terms of like your your morning routine, your wind down routine, certain things that you can implement that just foster 
quality habits. What I mean by that is like, how do you start your day? Do you start your day on like in defense mode and stress mode? How do you finish your day? And is there anything in between that can help you with quality habits? Like one of the things that, um, that Mel and I started doing was our, our gold juice routine. I've talked about this a number of times with, with Organifi. That's like the wind down routine that tells us to shut off. Like that is the trigger that tells us to shut off, to, to start unwinding, to get into that rest and digest mode. It's recovery mode. It's no longer work mode. It's no longer stress mode. Like we have that gold juice, it, like it hits and it's soothing. Um, by the way, because we're approaching Thanksgiving, there's also a ton of Black Friday sales going on. Organifi has the Mecca, the mother of all Black Friday sales. Um, I'm super excited about it. Uh, personally, we'll be jumping in and uh, you all should too, because it's 25% off site-wide and free shipping. Not joking. 25% off everything plus free shipping for Black Friday. Um, I think it officially starts uh, soon, like the 20, God, I'm going to get the dates wrong. I think the 26th, but check the site. Um, so go to Organifi.com slash popfam and enter code popfam at checkout. It will be available. Like once their Black Friday sale goes live, everything will update automatically. So you can use your popfam discount code to get the 25% off plus free shipping. Um, but that stuff matters. Like having that wind down routine, when we have their gold juice, that is like the trigger to calm down. Um, having the green juice, like knowing that if you start your day with something like greens in, you know, like getting enough veggies in with something like a greens drink, it, it's not like it's life-changing, but it really does help facilitate quality habits, which is how results happen. So that's like part of the reason why I like implementing these things is just because it helps you with the other quality habits. Like when you do those things, you want to do more quality habits, right? Like you want to walk more, you want to drink more water, you want to get to sleep at a reasonable time, you want to train consistently. Like all of these things help. So with Organifi, they have a whole number of products that do this exact same thing, like the green juice to, to make sure you're getting enough veggies, the gold juice to help you with sleep. Um, they've got a, a gut health supplement. They've got a, a hormone balancing supplement, like some, some really quality stuff. Uh, I'm a big believer in everything that they're doing. Um, so go get yourself the 25% off Organifi.com slash popfam, P-O-P-F-A-M in the checkout, um, in the promo code or discount code or whatever the field is. And then Organifi is O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. So, um, but yeah, at the end of the day, it's the basics that win. The basics done over time, consistently, repetitively, probably longer than you'd like. Um, but it does have like this compounding effect where the more that you focus on that stuff and, and get like, rather than getting so caught up in the minutia. And I believe that like being hyper-focused on the numbers is minutia. Like it doesn't make practical sense to believe that the difference between getting to where you want to be and not getting to where you want to be is like a small macro tweak. It's not that much of a difference. Now, yes, numbers make a difference in, in like, if you've been eating 1200 calories per day for a really long time, that those numbers matter. But 
my point is that like the small little minor minutiae, like, well, I'm eating a hundred grams of protein and a hundred carbs a day and 50 fats a day. If I ate 110 carbs per day and 40 fats, would I make progress? Like, no, it's not a big, it's not a difference. Like yet like big changes happen because of the foundational pieces, the small minutia, like getting hyper-focused on, on little macro tweaks, you're just stressing something that you shouldn't have to, that you shouldn't be stressing. So focus on what matters. Um, if you are not tracking and you're not progressing, then there's certain things that we need to look at, like how you're putting those meals together, the habits that you've established, the other things that you're doing from a lifestyle perspective, um, the stress in your life. We still look at the same metrics. We still have to look at biofeedback. We still have to see how your body's responding. We still have to look at you know hunger and cravings and energy and mood and stress and sleep and digestion. Like All these things make a difference. We have to pay attention to all of the same stuff. And then we're just tweaking and, and adjusting, but we're focusing on like the big rocks. We're focusing on the big things that like maybe it's more recovery and stress mitigation and sleep. Maybe it's getting in more calories. Like we might notice that, hey, eating two meals like this and a snack and like this person is getting full and that might be a red flag. And then we look at like, what are you actually putting in those meals? That might be a red flag that we need to gradually increase calories or there might be the opposite problem where we need to reduce, like it, it always depends on the person, but we look at the big rocks first. We look at how that individual's body is responding to what we're doing. And then that tells us the direction that we need to go. So it actually doesn't need to be that complicated. Making progress without tracking macros can be very simple. We've done it a number of times with a number of different clients. Like I said, we have a lot of clients that track. We have a lot of clients that don't track. We have a lot of clients that fall in between where they track on some days and not others. It's all about what works best for the individual. That really is the take-home message. At the end of the day, it's about what works best for you. The most effective way, I will say this over and over and over again until I'm blue in the face, the most effective way, the most efficient way to get to exactly where you want to be is hire a coach, is to invest in quality coaching that is hands down. It always will be. It always has been. It always will be the most effective way. If you think about anybody who's anybody in the world who's successful, they all had coaches. They all have coaches. It's effective. It's effective for a reason. When somebody knows exactly how to get you from where you are to where you want to be, that will always be more efficient, more energy efficient, more time efficient, more money efficient than trying it on your own over and over again. That's just the fact. That's not debatable. What is debatable is whether you would like to make that decision for yourself. Um, for sure, there are a lot of shitty programs out there. So keep in mind that quality matters. That's one reason why if you're trying to cut corners, right? If you're, if you're paying for like a $50 a month program, you're probably getting $50 a month results. That's just the way it is. For reference, um, a lot of people have come to work with us coming from a $50 a month program because their results were so bad and they were not making progress and they were moving in the opposite direction. We are not close to $50 a month. We charge what we're worth. I actually think we charge a lot less than what we're worth, but that's besides the point. Um, another example, Mel went to look for a coach recently. 
the rate for that coach was $7,200 for six months. And her response was, yeah, that's about what I expected. Most people would look at that and be like, oh, oh my God, $7,200 for six months of coaching. I could never. Well, quality coaching is an investment. And if you could basically guarantee that you're going to get the result that you desire, is it worth it? Again, that's up to you to decide. I can't make that decision for you. Nobody can. That is up for you to decide. But that's ultimately what you're exchanging. You're exchanging an investment for a result. And if the result you feel like is worth it, right? What does that come with? What does that result mean to you? Is it peace of mind? Is it confidence? Is it never having to diet again? Is it getting off the diet roller coaster? Is it getting out of that all or nothing mindset? Is it physically looking your best, feeling your best? Is it being healthy for your family, for your kids? Is it living a long time? Maybe if you put all of those things together, you might feel like it's worth $7,200 for that result. That depends on the person. Um, that's also not even close to what we charge, but I'm using it as an example because she literally just looked at it today. And um, that's public information. The person that she was looking at has that posted on her website, six month minimum commitment price, 7,200. If you pay in full, it's 6,500. Um, it's, it's an investment. My point is that's not the place to cut corners. If you're trying to you know, bargain shop with a coaching program, that's probably why you've landed in shitty programs because a $50 a month, $100 a month, even $150 to $200 a month program, um, you're probably not getting the highest quality that you deserve. And if those results matter, not my place to cut corners, but again, everybody has to make their own decisions. Ultimately, that's the most efficient path. If you want to know exactly what works you know, for you, the best path to get to your goals, always it's going to be through quality coaching. So um, of course, we're available if you need to reach out, if you want to see if you're a good fit for our program. But ultimately, if your objective right now is to make progress without tracking, this is the way to do it. Focus on the big rocks, focus on your habits, build those anchors, build that foundation, and then come up with that meal strategy that works for you within your schedule, um, based off of your biofeedback, what your body responds to. And as I mentioned in the beginning, if you can stomach 30 days of tracking, just 30 days of your life to get familiar with it. I highly recommend doing that. Um, guys, hopefully this was helpful. Uh, I know not like the typical topic, uh, but it was something that came up a lot lately. So wanted to throw it out there. Would love to hear any feedback. Let me know if this was helpful or not. Um, you can just shoot me a message on Instagram at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner or on Facebook at Michael Milner. And I will talk to you guys very soon.